0: everybody, Dr. Axe here, welcome to the show. Well, today we have a very special guest, somebody that I've been looking up to for a long time, a pioneer in the space, It's Dr. Mark Hyman. And Dr. Hyman is a practicing family physician, which I think is so incredible that he is still in practice, along with being an internationally recognized leader, speaker, educator, and advocate, really one of the pioneers in the field of functional medicine, and he's the founder and director of the Ultra Wellness Center and the head of strategy and innovation at the Cleveland Clinic Center of Functional Medicine. Also, listen to this. He's authored thirteen—that's right, thirteen—New York Times best-selling books. And um, also, he's the host of one of the leading podcasts out there today. You've got to listen to it. It's called The Doctor's Pharmacy. And he's a regular on the Dr. Oz Show, Good Morning America. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Mark Hyman. Dr. Mark, so excited to chat with you today. Well, I, I think I'm done. You just kind of gave it all up. So <laughs> thanks for having me. I really appreciate your nice comments. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and this may, I mean, this may be nice, not so, but you, you know, you're now you're kind of looking like you're just, you know, living the, the good life at the beach there. <laughs> I know you're in Hawaii, just uh, but you're I'm trying to get healthy. Life- you know, I spend my whole yeah. life
1: yeah, I've been spending my whole time trying to get people healthy, but I figure I might as well
0: turn that on myself a little bit more. <laughs> that's good. I know we we all got to take care of ourselves, right? So I think that's good. Well, Doctor Mark, I just she, I know you and I have you know met a few times over the years, and we've uh, you know we we've uh, we've interviewed before, but I'm I'm always so impressed with uh, what you've been able to do in that field of functional medicine and help be a pioneer there and really take you know a, a, a pro, you know the profession today that was focused so much on um, using drugs and also say, Hey, you know what? There's a time and a place for that, but Hey, let's really focus on diet and lifestyle and and really prevention of so many of these diseases. And I love, I mean, you're working with the Cleveland clinic, one of the, you know, most prestigious clinics in the world. And, you know, you're, you're changing the game in terms of what you're doing for nutrition. So I want to get into this, uh, you know, you've got this incredible new book out. It's called the Pegan diet, which is really a combination of Vegan and paleo, which I want to which I want to get into before I do that. Though I just want to ask you the question: Talk to me about the way you practice and the way you see getting helping patients heal. Because for some people they're familiar with functional medicine, not everybody is. But really, what's the big difference between functional medicine yes. and, and and conventional?
1: Well, I always joke it's the difference. You know, it's the opposite of what we normally have, which is dysfunctional medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the truth is that uh, you know our our current way of treating people who are sick is based on an outdated paradigm, kind of like the world is flat. And it's based on the idea that diseases are entities or things, and that you have to treat the disease instead of the cause. And what traditional medicine does is it tries to block or suppress or inhibit symptoms. That's why you have the antibiotics and beta blockers and ACE inhibitors. You're anting and blocking and inhibiting everything instead of understanding how the body truly was designed, how it works. So functional medicine is the first time in history that we've had a true theory of medicine in the West. Now, in traditional systems, which you're very familiar with, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, they have an idea that the body is an integrated system. But for example, if you're a patient who comes in and you have psoriasis and arthritis and you have irritable bowel and you have migraines and you're depressed and you have prediabetes, you're going to see like five or six different specialists all giving you different drugs. And nobody's going to say, gee, you have one body. How is this all connected? So functional medicine is about connecting the dots. It's about getting to the why, not just what disease do you have, but why, what's the cause. It's about restoring balance. It's about understanding how everything is connected. And by doing that, you can truly resolve so many chronic diseases that our current approach just can't even touch.
0: Yeah. One of the things I remember reading a book of yours years ago, I think it was called the, uh, maybe ultra wellness solution or something like that. Ultra but, mind know, solution. Yeah, that's, that's right. Great book. Another one, blood sugar, you know, you got into that. And so I know you've helped, you know, so many people help reverse conditions that before a lot of people thought can be reversed, like diabetes and so many other things. And you have a unique yeah. diet that you use for helping people heal. And so talk to me about the Pegan diet. What, what is that exactly? And how did you come up with that?
1: Well, listen, Josh, you know, as well as I do, that uh, the diet wars are about as ferocious as uh, the political wars <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the religious wars. So you got like yeah. politics, religion, and nutrition. They're all sort of up there with people fighting with each other. And, and uh, I was once sitting on a panel at a conference with two of my friends. One was Frank Lipman, who's a great functional medicine doctor, who's more on the paleo side. And then my friend, Joel Kahn, who's a cardiologist, who's a vegan, and they were just fighting, going at it. And I'm like, Hey, (laughs) I said, if you're paleo and you're vegan, I must be vegan. And I was a total (laughs) joke and everybody cracked up in the audience. I'm like, Oh, there's maybe something there. And I went home and started thinking about it. And I, I was like, wait a minute, those two extreme versions of what good nutrition is have more in common with each other than the traditional American diet. Yeah. They are only different in one thing, which is where you get your protein, from animals or beans and grains. That's it. Everything else is the same. Whole foods, real food, no dairy, low sugar, lots of nuts and seeds, lots of colorful fruits and vegetables, good fats. I mean, it's basically the same. Yeah. And I begin to think this is just crazy. We're all fighting and we should just try to come up with a simple concept that's inclusive, that's not extreme, that takes the best science that we have today of what is good nutrition for creating health, not just for maintaining weight, but how do you use food as medicine? And and then how do you then come up with these same principles? And then, of course, it's personalized, uh, depending on what your different uh, issues or needs are. So, So basically, the vegan diet is based on the simple principles of functional medicine, of how to create health, It's based on the idea that food is medicine. So when you're choosing foods or ingredients to include in your diet, you should be thinking, what is the information in the food? Not just only what are the calories or protein, fat or carbs or fiber. What are the information, the phytochemicals, the literally 25,000 compounds that our bodies use all the time to regulate Every single system of our biology, our immune system, our microbiome, our hormones, our brain chemistry, our metabolism, everything is regulated by what we eat. And so when I when I began to sort of sort through what are the principles, I was able to come up with 21 practical principles for eating in a nutritionally confusing world, which is why I wrote The Pegan Diet. And what was really funny was I just kind of came up with this and I wrote an article about it. And I posted it on my blog and all of a sudden, like the US today is writing an article about it and the daily telegraph and the London is writing about it and this magazine and that thing. And then it was like the hottest diet trend. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then people were writing pegan cookbooks and creating pegan shakes and vegan bar. I'm like, what's going on here? So I figured I better just write the, what actually I think it is. Yeah. And it's a way of, of sort of getting over the diet wars, looking at the science, combining it with common sense and, and really developing a set of simple principles that everybody can follow to eat well for life.
0: I love it. I think it's great advice. And I think, you know, you, you put this so simply at the beginning and that's, the, 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 there isn't this giant chasm between a paleo and vegan when you come down to it, it's the source of protein, which, which again, I just think is, uh, you know, important for people to remember is that again, both of these diets are focusing on plants and, uh, you know, e- eating a lot of real food, which you and I, I know think so is so important. You know, the, the essence, you said this, the essence of the, Pegan diet is that food is medicine, and you know what are some examples of the ways that you know some of these foods can either feed disease or or feed your own health. Yeah, well, you know, I I, uh, I wrote the book, and and of course this always
1: happens. I wrote way too much, and my publisher was like cut it out. So I wrote a whole section on how food is medicine and how food regulates each of the key systems in your body. Wow. So let me just sort of take you through this, but functional medicine is based on the idea that there are a few key biological systems or networks that are all connected together, that are influenced by your genes and environment and your lifestyle to create balance or imbalance. And here are the seven systems and food affects every single one of them. And I'll take you through just some simple examples. So the first is your gut microbiome, your immune system, how you make energy, the little cell uh, energy factories in your cells called mitochondria, your detoxification system, your transport system, which is your circulation and blood vessels and lymphatic circulation, and of course, your communication systems, which is your hormones and neurotransmitters and immune messengers, and lastly, your structural system, everything from your biomechanical structure, what you're made of, to your subcellular structures, what your cell membranes are made of, and so forth. So food is the biggest influencer to regulate all these systems to create imbalance or balance. And functional medicine understands how to apply food as medicine. It's not just this theoretical thing that's very vague and abstract. Let me give you an example. This is a great example. So let's just take the immune system. Uh, and you're gonna love this story. It's probably no one's heard of this before, but w- in recent years, there's been a discovery of something called chips. Now chips is uh, a type of stem cell. Uh, it's caused by the stem cells in your bone marrow that make your white blood cells. And you make a million white blood cells every second. A million, okay? That's a lot of white blood cells. And they're made by your stem cells in your bone marrow. Now because of various insults, toxins, radiation, diet, bad crap, and everything we're exposed to, it creates damage to those stem cells. And then those stem cells produce abnormal white blood cells called CHIPS. Uh, which stands for a big medical term I'm not going to go into, but they're called chips, and they get in your bloodstream, and they cause havoc. They cause cancer, heart disease, autoimmune diseases, and they cause aging. And in fact, they're called zombie cells. They're zombie cells. This is what the medical term called zombie cells. Now zombie cells, and this, these chips, are, are screwing up a major high-level mechanism in your body that regulates everything else. So it's, it's a really upstream problem. Now, what's really fascinating is that these zombie cells just continue to cause aging. And how do we deal with it? Well, there's an incredible discovery of a plant called Himalayan tartary buckwheat that comes from the Himalayas. It's grown in the most difficult, arduous conditions. It doesn't need anything. It can grow in the, it can grow in like Tibet, right? Uh, and it's it's essentially probably the most potent superfood on the planet. It has over 150 phytochemicals, some of which are never found in any other compound. Uh, in any other plants. And these these are compounds like quercetin and rutin, hesperidin, and and many others uh, that you probably haven't heard of. And what it turns out is this Himalayan tartary buckwheat gets rid of these zombie cells. So that's how food regulates your biology. That's just one example. Another example is uh, your gut. If you are, for example, a cancer patient and you want to get immunotherapy which is one of the latest uh, and, and and best uh, treatments for cancer it has very low side effects and can be curative for some cancers. It's very impressive new research that the guy won the Nobel Prize for. Uh, turns out that if you have low levels of a particular bug in your gut called Akkermansia, this is a, a, a bacteria that's in your gut that is, uh, mucinophilia that actually creates a mucus layer, prevents leaky gut, prevents inflammation, helps regulate your immune system. If you have low levels of this because of our modern diet and antibiotics and so forth, you don't respond to these checkpoint inhibitors, to these immunotherapy drugs. You literally will just die of cancer. The drug won't work. It's the kind of drug that goes on or off. It either works or it doesn't work. And what's fascinating is acromantia loves polyphenols. Now, what are polyphenols? Polyphenols are chemicals that are in colorful plant foods. And it turns out that the acromantia loves cranberries and pomegranate and green tea. So you literally can feed the bugs in your gut to grow them so that you can literally cure cancer. That's how food is medicine. And I can go through detoxification and hormones, every example, and show you, and I go through it in the book, every single way in which food both can harm or can heal each of the biological systems in your body. And when I say harm, you know, for example, gluten is a great example. It creates all sorts of havoc in your gut, creates leaky gut, inflammation, so forth. Uh, And also, obviously, processed food, refined flour, sugars, all these things do all the opposite of what we want to do. So we want to get rid of the bad stuff, put in the good stuff. The body is so highly intelligent, it can actually create uh, a new body, you literally can create a new body by changing what you do. And I've seen this in my patients. It's like remarkable. I've seen it in myself when I, when I've been tweaking it, I'm, I'm sort of tweaking. I'm not even pretty healthy, but I, I kind of tweak and I go, wow, look what happened to my body yeah. or look at how I feel. Look at my digestion or my brain function or my muscle
0: mass. Or, so I'm constantly like exp- experimenting to see how I can use food as medicine. I love it, Doc. You know, one, one of the things that I, I love is that you've created these systems and that, you know, if you look at these ancient forms of medicine, Ayurveda had their three, you know, Chinese medicine had the five elements and really personalizing it. But sure. you know, one of the things you're able to do here is essentially focus on a form of personalized medicine. You're helping people know, hey, listen, if you've got an immune issue, you need to do more of this. If you've got a detoxification issue, use this food as your medicine for these specific conditions. And I do want to ask you about this. You know, one of the things, I'm curious about your thoughts on the future of something like personalized medicine, because today it is still a lot of one, you know, one thing for almost all people. Yes. What, what, what are your thoughts on you know that being part of the future of of medicine? Well, it's
1: absolutely the future of medicine. So we have precision um, medicine, we have precision nutrition, and we have uh, the ability to actually get people completely dialed in. In the future, you know, you're going to be able to take a basically a, a drop of blood, a little bit of saliva, a stool specimen. And you're gonna be able to find out, you know, what their genetics are, what their microbiome is, what their metabolome is, and be able to actually drive direct personalized changes about what you should do. But we don't have to wait until that moment. That that's coming for yeah. sure. But what's what's really is striking is that we know how to do this now. And I do this every day in my practice. And I do it by looking at a number of different things that that are helping me to personalize a diet. And and it's it's really quite quite straightforward. First is a really deep personal history. Uh, And I want to know what your family died of or what your genetics are. All that's really important. I want to look at hormonal and metabolic testing because it tells me a lot about you. For example, if your insulin is super high, I know that you're probably someone who's genetically prone to producing more insulin, which will store more belly fat, which will cause more heart disease, cancer, diabetes, dementia. I want to know what's happening with that. I want to know what's happening with your nutritional levels because so many of us are nutritionally depleted. I just saw a patient who's a, a vegan vegetarian Uh, She was so deficient, 26 years old. She was tired all the time. She was massively B12 deficient, iron deficient, vitamin D deficient, omega-3 deficient, protein deficient. And I found all this out through just tests that you can get through a regular lab. And then we personalize it further by looking at food sensitivity, food allergy testing. Maybe it's gluten testing. Maybe it's IgG testing. And then we look at stool testing. What's going on with the microbiome? How do we adjust your diet to improve, for example, uh, short-chain fatty acids in your gut? And we we look at all these things now, and we can tell exactly how to optimize your diet, maybe you have low eckermancy, you need the polyphenols. And then we do some genetic testing. Now there's a lot of genes. We have about 20,000 genes. We have about 5 million variants of those genes. It's a lot of stuff. So there are these common genes that we can influence. For example, you might have a gene that makes it hard for you to absorb vitamin D, so we need to give you more vitamin D. Or you might have a gene that affects your ability to process folate or B12 or B6. You might need higher doses, or one person might need 400 micrograms, you might need you know, 4,000 micrograms. Or you might have a gene that impairs your ability to detoxify environmental chemicals and metabolic waste. So you might need certain foods like broccoli or garlic, or you might need extra nutrients like N-acetylcysteine to upregulate your body's ability to detoxify. So we can actually customize your diet and your lifestyle and your program and supplements based on these current methods of functional medicine. So we don't have to wait For five or 10 years. I mean, it's going to be more precise. And we're going to combine, for example, even more sophisticated analytics around big data, artificial intelligence, which will then sort through all the, the data from systems biology and functional medicine quantified self metrics, you know, whether it's blood glucose monitors or scales or blood pressure or other, your Fitbit or your Apple watch and combining that with, um, with the omics revolution, we're going to be able to really synthesize enormous amounts of information and come up with even more specific personalized recommendations. So we are still at the infancy, but in functional medicine, that's what we do every day. We don't treat any two people the same, even if they come in with the same disease, it may be they have different causes, they may need different things, there may be different factors involved. So it's very, very specific and personalized. And that's what's so beautiful about functional medicine. That's why the CEO of Cleveland Clinic invited me to come and start a center there almost seven years ago and, and you know, why we get so great results at our center at the ultra wellness center in Lenox, Massachusetts. So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting to do this with people and they, you know, it's shocking to me how, how antiquated our current medical practices uh, when we actually know what we know today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, obviously personal med- personalized medicine and where it's at. And I have a lot of times people ask me, you know, hey, what's the best diet out there? And my answer is, you know (laughs) what? There's no single perfect diet for anybody, but I do think, you know, there are certain common themes. One, doing a lot of vegetables for most people seems to work, uh, you know, and and then some other things, I I think depending on, on the person. But anyways, I love that. One of the things you mentioned is we were, you know, right before we talked about personalized medicine, you'd mentioned a patient you had with insulin. I think one of the things I remember, you know, you had a book years ago, really got into blood sugar, and the importance of insulin. Talk to us about insulin, because I don't think people realize really what a big deal it is and how many people have insulin resistance and how, and and what foods and herbs and things can we use to help uh, rebalance those insulin levels? Yeah, well, I think everybody should really listen up really carefully right now, because
1: everything we're talking about, this is a single most important driver of chronic disease. Uh, And particularly in the face of COVID-19, it is, is probably the central issue that's causing hospitalizations and deaths. 88% of Americans, that's almost nine in 10 Americans are metabolically unhealthy. They're overweight, they're diabetic, they're pre-diabetic, or maybe they're just skinny fat, which they look thin, but they're actually fat. So 75% overweight and 88% are metabolically unhealthy. That means that 13% are thin but they're metabolically have poor health because of what their diet. They may not actually look uh, overweight, but they're fat on the inside. Uh, And why this is a problem is because this phenomenon we call insulin resistance, it's kind of pre-diabetes where your body needs more and more and more insulin over time to continue to keep your blood sugar down. That drives a whole cascade of problems that creates all the diseases of aging. So obviously diabetes, Two thirds of all heart attacks is because of this. Most cancers that are common, breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, are all driven by this mechanism. Uh, dementia, we now call type three diabetes. So you've got the biggest killers: heart disease, cancer, diabetes, dementia, all caused by this single mechanism. If you're diabetic, you have four times the risk of Alzheimer's. Wow. Okay, this is no joke. Pre-diabetes leads to pre-dementia. So we really need to understand what is going on. Well, the reason we are seeing this pandemic of over fat and and insulin resistance on top of the pandemic of COVID is because of our SAD diet, our standard American diet, which essentially is about 60% ultra processed food. This is pulverized ingredients from soy, corn, and wheat that get turned into all myriad shapes, sizes, colors of extruded food-like substances that have no bearing uh, on our health at all, except to damage it. It doesn't actually provide anything other than calories, which then gets stored. So uh, when you eat flour, when you eat sugar and all its forms, you actually drive insulin up. Any restart, refined starches, carbohydrates drives insulin up and that leads to the storage of belly fat. It makes you hungry, it slows your metabolism, it screws up your brain chemistry. It actually prevents you from releasing fat from your fat cells. So it's, it's the single mechanism that is upstream of all these diseases. And it's also the thing that drives the most aging. Even if you're older and you're thin, often you have insulin resistance because you lose muscle if you don't continue to work on it. And I, I, I've spent my whole life avoiding strength training <laughs> <laughs> until I turned 60 and I'm like, all right, I better do this. I've been talking about it forever. Cause I'm like, I do yoga. That's good enough. Or I, you know, I run or I ride my bike or I play tennis. I'm like, good. And I, I decided I was going to get serious about it. The best thing I ever did. And I, and I feel like I'm at 61 now and I feel stronger and fitter than I ever have. And I have more muscle mass. than I did it 20, 30, 40, or 50. And I think, and this is critical as you get older, you have to work harder at it. And what that does is it prevents the insulin resistance, so you have more effective uh, and better functioning muscle.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, insulin is at the root cause of so many of these conditions that you're talking about, and that's where getting out rid of the the sugar and those big three you talked about the corn, the soy, the wheat products, getting those out of your diet is huge. You know, as you were talking earlier, you're talking about these seven systems. You were talking about different foods for supporting these different systems. What what do you believe are the most important foods? supplements or what are the, some of the most important things we can do to just support our immune system? I'm not necessarily saying treat the condition. I mean, maybe you have thoughts there. You're, you're welcome to share, but more so what, what are the foods that are going to be most strengthening to our immune system? That's going to help us uh, with, with COVID. Cause I know, I mean, you know, this, maybe you could talk about this too, is that, you know, the people that are at risk are almost all have a pre-existing condition. Yes. Uh, yes. And that, that's, that's what's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I wrote an article uh, that's called A Functional Medicine Approach to COVID-19. And you can find it by going to drhyman.com forward slash C19. And in there, I talk about everything from lifestyle to how to eat to boost your immune function, life, uh, what supplements you should take, and other treatments. But the key the key framework around food is that your immune system is regulated by your diet. And when you eat ultra-processed food, you literally are suppressing your immune We know that if you're obese, your immune system doesn't work as well. If you're chronically ill from a poor diet, your immune system doesn't work as well. So first thing you want to do is eat a whole foods, real unprocessed diet. And that's what I talk about in the vegan diet. It's sort of what this is all about. The second is, which goes along with it, which is don't eat any industrial uh, ultra processed foods. Get rid of all the crap, all the sugar, the starch, the salty calories, the chemicals, the additives, artificial sweeteners, all that. Cut the sugar and starch. This is, this is probably the single most important thing you can do. Don't drink your calories. If they're liquid sugar calories, I mean, a protein smoothie is fine, but get rid of sugar and starch from your diet or at least use them only recreationally. I mean, like really maybe once a week, something relatively healthy, but not fake stuff, not high fructose corn syrup, have a little maple syrup or have a little dessert that you can make yourself. And the alcohol. Alcohol is not great for your immune system. A lot of people are drinking, you know, the alcohol stores are all doing great, but you want to really avoid that. And then the question is, what do you want to eat? Well, the first thing you want to do is focus on on the polyphenols and the flavonoids in food, these phytochemicals. And there's specific ones. Certain ones have antiviral properties. For example, camphorol is found in spinach, cabbage, and dill antiviral. Quercetin is one of the most effective things around COVID-19 in terms of regulating immune function, and that's found in onions, oregano, chili peppers, apples, green leafy vegetables, asperidin, which is in oranges and grapefruit, lemons, tangerines, alluripine, which is in olives and extra virgin olive oil, and the catechins in the epicatechin gallate from green tea, and lauric acid, which is actually what's in breast milk and also uh, coconut oil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's what helps the baby stay healthy. And then you want to have immune-boosting spices and herbs, things like ginger, garlic, turmeric, rosemary, uh, chili pepper, oregano. You can just cook with these. It's delicious. And then protein. You, you know, protein is really important for immunity because uh, all of your amino acids are the building blocks for your antibodies. So you need taurine and carnosine and inserine, creatine. And often these are coming from animal protein. It's hard to get a lot of these in plant proteins. So it's really, really important. Uh, make sure your microbiome is healthy. You want to have prebiotics, probiotics, and polyphenol foods. Uh, and the probiotic foods are things like, you know, maybe uh, sheep or goat yogurt or coconut yogurt, sauerkraut, tempeh, miso, natto, kimchi. You want to prebiotic foods. These are all kinds of foods that are like the fuel for your good bugs. Dandelion greens, Jerusalem artichokes, garlic, onions, asparagus, artichokes, bananas. Cognac root, which is like uh, the shirataki noodles you can use instead of pasta, Uh, burdock root, flax seeds, jicama, seaweed, all these are great. And of course, you know, uh, what I grew up on, which is chicken soup, which actually seems to have some immune modulating properties. I love chicken soup. And of course, all the lifestyle stuff that is obvious, exercise, sleep, meditation, yoga, you know, doing things that help you stay connected to people you love, going outside, being in nature, all those things are really important. And then you asked about supplements. You know, there's a lot of uh, data out there. Vitamin D would be probably my number one, two, and three. Uh, your vitamin D level should be between 40 to 60 at least. Uh, and, and if you're not getting a test and you don't know, you might need up to 1,000 to 4,000 or 5,000 a day of vitamin D3. Uh, a little bit of zinc, vitamin C, quercetin. Those are the top ones, green tea catechins, a good multivitamin. If you want a little extra support, you can use things like NAC, lipoic acid. And then there's a bunch of herbs like uh, curcumin, uh, endographis, astragalus, and all the mushrooms like reishi, maitake, shiitake, cordyceps. Those are all great. Uh, So those are sort of the top. A top strategies that I would say we should think about. And and then uh, of course, if you do get sick, there's a lot of other things I would consider, but I don't know if we want to get into all that right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic advice, Dr. Mark. I think again, for, for most people listening, it's like, you want to eat a big array of vegetables and fruits and, but specifically the ones Dr. Mark talked about, look those up and add those to your shopping list, you know, go right now, you know, and you could pause the interview and go or rewind it and go and listen to what Dr. Mark's saying. Just type some of the stuff out and you don't have to obsess about it. Just, Hey, do your best to add these things. Dr. Mark talked about to your shopping list and start getting those, you know, um, and I want to encourage everybody too. we're going to continue. I've got a lot more questions here for Dr. Mark, but I want to encourage you guys, make sure to get this book. This book is fantastic. Dr. Mark really gets into how to use food as medicine. You can go to amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, bookstores nationwide, and just search. And if you're looking online, just search, pegan that's p-e-g-a-n the pegan dieter, or pegan diet mark hyman dr mark hyman you can find it there on amazon barnes noble bookstores nationwide dr mark one of the other things i know that uh, this diet is going to be so powerful for is supporting mental health talk to us about you know this diet in particular and how it can support overcoming issues like or at least improving the symptoms of depression anxiety and other mood disorders
1: well i mean this is so important right now we're seeing a uh, you know not only a pandemic of COVID, not only a pandemic of metabolic poor health, but a pandemic of mental health issues. And COVID is making it worse. We're more isolated. We're more disconnected. Uh, we have financial and economic stresses. You know, just it's just a big adjustment for everybody. Uh, and those are real. Um, but what most people don't realize is that our mental health, our behavior uh, is directly connected to our diet. And, and it, there's just ample evidence about this. I wrote a lot about it in the Pegan Diet, also my last book, Food Fix, about how food uh, regulates our brain. And, and of course, 12 years ago, I wrote the Ultra Mind Solution, which was you know, really deep dive, if people really wanna get into it. But, but we know that, that your brain is connected to everything else in your body. It's not just this disembodied thing that's sitting on the top of your neck. It's actually part of your entire biology. So the biggest things that affect it are you know, sugar and starch, also the same culprits, drive depression. And diabetes uh, drives depression. We know that low levels of amino acids uh, from poor quality protein or lack of protein will affect your mood. We know that that omega-3 deficiency, which is found in wild fish, used to be it used to be in all the food we ate. It used to be in all wild animals, wild plants, and now the only wild things we eat is fish. So that's why it's coming mostly from fish. Uh, and we also know that that nutritional deficiencies play a massive role in depression, whether it's B12, folate, B6, magnesium, vitamin D. Uh, all these things are really critical for our brain and functioning. And then certain foods are very inflammatory for the brain. We know, for example, that depression is an inflammatory disease of the brain. Now, what do you mean by that, Dr. Hyman? Well, we now are able to detect the fact that the brain is on fire through a whole host of mechanisms that are often related to diet, our inflammatory diet, which is all the things we've been talking about that are not so good to eat. And that, Goes into your brain and causes inflammation, and so they're talking about giving you know heavy duty drugs like TNF alpha blockers and immune suppressants to treat depression, which makes no sense to me. Why don't you just get rid of the cause? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the joke in functional medicine is if you're standing on a tack, it takes a lot of aspirin to make it feel better. Just take out the tack, and you won't <laughs> need the aspirin, right? So I feel like with with mood and, and mood disorders, sometimes it's deeper issues. It's psychological issues. It's yeah. trauma. It's loss. I mean, I I you know. I've had many uh, traumas and loss in my life, loss of my parents and marriages and various things. So I, I think you know that's those are real life circumstances, but those tend to tend to pass and you tend to re- rebound. And you know, what we often find out is that you know happiness. And they've done these studies, which is fascinating. Whether you win you know hundred million dollars in lottery or end up in a wheelchair from a accident where you're quadriplegic, people kind of revert to their baseline level of happiness after a while, right? which is interesting. You can think, how could you be as happy in a wheelchair as if you won lottery, but that's actually what they found. So I I think, you know, our, 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 our baseline level of happiness uh, can be modified by looking at some of these underlying factors. And that's really what functional medicine is. That's what we do. And that's really, I even talk about food and mood in the, in the, uh, in the vegan diet. I mean, there's a smiles trial where they actually swapped out healthy food for junk food uh, in depression, and it was more effective than any medication. They've looked not just at, at mood, but also behavior, violence, and aggression. You know, uh, David Perlmutter, who uh, you, know, you know as well, he wrote a book with his son called Brainwash, which talks about how our processed diet decouples our frontal lobe from our amygdala. In other words, our amygdala is our fight or flight, reptile brain, aggression, violence, which we're seeing so much of now in America. And the frontal lobe, which is the adult in the room, it says, "Hey, you know, probably not a good idea to smash that window or beat that person up or punch that guy in the face," <laughs> and and yet that is all not working. We're not we're, we're not having a grown up in the room governing our behavior because we're so screwed up from the food we're eating. Uh, and we know, for example, in in prisons, if you just swap out healthy food for bad food, violent crime goes down by fifty six percent. If you add a multivitamin, it goes down by eighty percent. I mean, and you look at juvenile delinquents, same thing, ninety one percent reduction. In, in violent behavior in juvenile settings, when they've cl- cleaned up the diet, uh, reductions in violence, reductions in oppositional behavior, reductions in suicide, 100% reductions in suicide, 75% reduction in restraints. Uh, we know that it affects academic performance. You know, the, the CDC put out a report on nutrition and and academic performance, and found that kids who are eating crap can't focus, can't pay attention, don't do well in school, don't succeed long term, don't go to college. It's no surprise to you and I, Josh, but. You know, it's like a big headline news that, gee, maybe we shouldn't be feeding our kids this crap.
0: Yeah, well, I'll just share this on a personal note. You know, I was the kid growing up, always diagnosed with ADHD because I had, you know, lots of milk and sugary cereal, cereal and everything else for breakfast. And I literally went from high school, college. I started eating really, really healthy—just vegetables, you know, vegetables, meat, sweet potatoes, that sort of thing—and my GPA was literally a whole point higher. I, I mean, it literally was like night and day the way I was able to focus. So anyways, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it makes a radical, radical difference. Um, you know, one of the things Dr. Mark too, I, I love, you know, I was listening to an interview you did on your podcast it was posted on Instagram and I started watching some of them. By the way, if you guys aren't following Dr. Mark on Instagram, he has such a fantastic page where he's sharing things. So you can follow him at uh, Dr. Mark Hyman there on Instagram uh, and you can watch his just incredible podcast there uh, as well. Well, you can also check out his podcast on iTunes, but um, you were talking about the environmental impact of, of, of our food choices. So can you talk to us about, and specifically the vegan diet in general, how does this affect our economy, our climate, our all, <laughs> all, 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 I mean, I know that's a lot of things, but all of those things.
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking that, Josh. I mean, this is really my passion now is to talk about how food connects to everything that we love and that matters in the world. Our health, the economy, social justice, the environment, climate, even things like academic performance, violence, national security are all connected by food at some level or the other. And this is this is not something that people think about. So I'm a systems thinker. That's what functional medicine is. It's thinking about systems and how things connect and the patterns and all the stories. And in turns out our food system is the number one cause um, and also the number one solution for a lot of these issues. It's clearly the cause of our chronic disease pandemic, which affects six out of 10 people. It's clearly the cause of most of our economic woes because we we have one third today of our federal budget is for Medicare. Medicare is projected to be 50% and then even more. Literally trillions of dollars we spend. It's one in five dollars of our entire economy is spent on chronic illness, uh, of course, then it affects the, 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 the as we discussed, uh, behavior, violence, academic performance, national security, because kids are not uh, applying for the military, are rejected because they're not fit to fight uh, because of their poor health. And, and, then, and then more importantly, you know, the, the environment and the climate, because of our agricultural system, our agricultural system is inherently destructive. And I'd encourage people who are listening and want to understand how that works. Watch this movie called Kiss the Ground. Uh, it's a, it's a talks about regenerative agriculture. So we need to link up healthcare and farming, basically in agriculture, because they're connected. The food is medicine and how we grow the food can either harm, harm us and harm the planet, or it can heal us and heal the planet. And, 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 and I talk a lot about this and uh, I, I, there's a chapter in, in Pegan Diet called how to be a Regenitarian," <laughs> which is that. kind of a, as kind of a uh, you know as kind of a joke, but the truth is that that we we can eat in ways that will dramatically improve our our overall well being and also help to uh, solve some of the biggest problems we have. Uh, and I think the the the, the idea of being a regenerarian is so important because if we don't focus on uh, regenerating the planet, namely solving all the issues that happen to our soil degradation, our water resources, uh, the, the environmental chemicals, uh, glyphosate and pesticides and herbicides that are all damaging us and the environment and the soil. Uh, if we don't start growing food that has more nutrient density, cause it's grown in soil that's nutrient dense. Cause you know, our, our broccoli today is 50% less nutritious than it was 50 years ago yeah. because it's, it's grown in soil that's so damaging. So I talk about how do you actually eat to become a regeneratorian? And that's using uh, regenerative agriculture principles in the growing and how to start just sort of start on thinking about that. And I encourage people to watch Kiss the Ground. It's so powerful. But, but it, what you eat is not only affecting you, it's affecting everything you love and care about. And I think that's what people need to understand. Every time you pick up your fork, it's the most important decision you can make every day to uh, make yourself better, your family better, and the world better.
0: I love it, Doctor Mark. One of the things I'd love to ask you is sort of speaking practically. Number one, I know everybody needs to run out, get the book, the Pegan Diet. There you can get on. Simply order it on Amazon. Beating in a couple of days. Uh, what are some things people can start doing today? What should we do to start, you know, you to start following this diet and, and, and living out these foundational principles? Well, obviously, you get the book. <laughs> yep. Now, this is, this is the shortest book I've ever written.
1: <laughs> I had to like cut out half it because I wanted something simple, practical, to get to the point, you know, exactly what to do. And what's so beautiful about it is I go through, you know, if you're eating vegetables, what should you – Prioritize. If you're eating fruits, what should you prioritize? If you're eating nuts and seeds, what should you be prioritizing? And wow. what should you be thinking about? If you're eating fish or meat or chicken, if you're eating beans or grains, which one should you be eating? So I go through every single thing we eat and identify how to be really smart about what you choose. For example, you know if you're wanting to eat grains and you're tolerating grains, maybe for some people it may not be appropriate if you're really uh, have severe, some resistance, diabetes, or an autoimmune disease, or certain gut issues, you might want to take a break from grains. But if you eat grains, which one should you eat, right? Mm. Maybe you should be eating this Himalayan tartary buckwheat. Maybe you should be eating black rice. Maybe certain quinoas. You know, maybe you should be avoiding the, the wheat because wheat is not something we eat as the whole grain. It's something that we eat as flour you don't eat wheat berries i mean sometimes you get a wheat berry salad but that's not too common yep. and the wheat we eat is is highly processed it's uh it's very uh, it's very damaging to us for many reasons because one uh, it's been hybridized to produce way more starch. So it's way more super starchy and sugary than even sugar. It has more gliden, to cause some more gut issues. It has glyphosate in it because they spray it and to desiccate and dry it out at the end of harvest. And also, it also preserved with calcium propionate, which is a chemical that tends to cause autism and behavioral issues and ADD. So I don't want to mean that. So that's an example where I say, you choose these grains, but not these. and And then, uh, it's really pretty simple. It's like, you know, it's sort of like, uh, what, what Michael Pond said, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Right. It's, it's sort of like goes back to that. And it, I try to sort of simplify it so people can really understand what to do and how to be practical about it. But it's, it's not hard. I mean, I, I, I often, uh, you know, uh, speak at churches and we, we did something called the Daniel plan with Daniel plan, which is a faith-based wellness program. And I, and I said, I get up on stage and I sort of jokingly say, listen, it's not hard to figure out what to eat. Even a, a four-year-old can figure this out. Uh, leave the food that man-made, eat the food that God made. There you Did go. God make a Twinkie? No. Did God make an avocado? Yeah, probably. So yep. it's not that hard. Just eat food that is actually food. Uh, don't eat food like substances. And uh, if you use that simple principle, you pick up a package. Okay, well, is it a packet of macadamia nuts? Is it a packet of you know something that only has real food ingredients? It's not that all packaged food is bad. If you go to Thrive Market... They only have really good stuff. Like if you look at yep. you know whole food ingredients, that's great. Uh If it says you know tomatoes, water, and salt in the can, that's fine, right? If it's yep. a, a can of olives or a can of sardines with olive oil or lemon, that's fine. But if it's like uh, forty-five ingredients, you can't pronounce them, you can't recognize them, you don't know what they are. Better not to eat that.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I, t- I totally agree. I want to encourage everybody, check out the book, The Pegan Diet. And if you go online, if you even go to Amazon right now, just check it out. Read the reviews. Read what people are saying about it. I- I'm super excited about this book as well. And uh, again, it is, uh, it's Dr. Axe approved as well as obviously Dr. Hyman approved. He wrote the book. And uh, it's fantastic. And really it's teaching that thing that we talk about a lot. It's using food as medicine. So I want to say, Dr. Mark, Hey, thanks so much for being on today. I know. I mean, I, you know, every time I'm around you, uh, you know, I learn something and I, mean, I just love being on this mission with you to help heal the word world using food as medicine. So, Hey, thanks so Thank much you, for uh, coming on today.
1: No, thanks for your work and all the things you do to make the world a better place.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be uh, be back next week. And thanks again to Dr. Mark Hyman for being on a mission and teaching the world how to use food as medicine. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.